I have heard repeatedly that it has been a week. So I'm, I'm guessing that the enemy has been at work in some lives. <laughs> but I just, I just had a thought. And I, I thought I would share this. It's a question, if you will. The word says, if God be for us, then who could be against us? If we believe that, and you know, you'll hear me say that a lot. Do, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? Because when you believe that, you, I, I, think, I think you operate differently. You think differently. Um, share a little story before I get started. When, when I first got into ministry as a lead pastor, it was in Yellow Springs. Anybody here know anything about Yellow Springs? A little bit? Beautiful, beautiful small village. Uh, it's somewhat of a tourist attraction, if you will. People love to go there for the vibe and the atmosphere. And um, me being a local person, I, I specifically, I lived in Fairborn. I knew about Yellow Springs, and the stories I had heard about Yellow Springs, leaned, it always leaned toward there were lots of spiritual things going on there. Um, and right now, most of those things I heard, you know what I mean? I mean, they came from a lot of different people. So what I'm saying and the way I'm saying it is very nice because I don't want to seem like I'm downing Yellow Springs. I enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, I was excited about being there because uh, I like to think of myself as eccentric and eclectic and, you know what I mean, different and standoutish and all that kind of stuff like that. So I was like, you know what, I'll go there and I'll, I'll fit in. I'll fit in, right? Um, I knew that I wouldn't fit in because I love Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? And I knew that that wouldn't fly over too well. But um, they, are, they are all about being open, right? Like we want any and everybody to come there except you, right? Like, it, like and I'm, I mean this, like I, I have friends, I've made friends who live there. You know, I know people who work there, and all of them will say, people who have grown up there will tell you that if you're not from Yellow Springs, uh, you're, consider you're an outsider. Like, you are an outsider. But the people themselves, or the village itself, prides itself in the fact that they accept anybody to come in. But when you get there, you will know there's a difference in what they say versus what they do. So I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. So uh, I remember one lady came up to me and she said, me and Amanda, we're prepping, we're praying to get ready to go into Yellow Springs and do ministry, however, you know, God leads us to do it. And they said to us, man, you have to be careful. You have to be careful. This lady was like, I was having a conversation with somebody on the phone and your name come up came up 
And I was thinking to myself, how in the world did my name come up? <laughs> like, they were like, don't you go to X church? And I was like, yes. And she was like, and you're the one about to plant a church in, in Yellow Springs. I was like, yes. And they were like, your name and your church came up. And I was like, that just doesn't seem possible to me. She said, listen, there are people who are already working against you. And, and I was like, I, I just, this is going to sound crazy, but I just didn't believe her. I'm like, this is not possible, you know. And she continued and she said, and I know it's going to get weird here. It was weird to me. She said, there are communes, like, of witchcraft, and they are, they are working against you. And I was just like, man, I just, I don't see it. <laughs> I was like, me and my wife are just getting started. No way are they working against us like that. So we go out to Yellow Springs. We are struggling to find a place. We, we finally get a place that we're meeting in an overhead office. If you know Yellow Springs, there's a uh, U.S. bank that sits on the corner across from the little theater. And we got an office right over top of that that little bank and we were excited because we were right smack dab in the middle of the village that is the most central point of that village and I was like let's go Jesus right I was super excited we're in there we're praying you know what I mean like and that's all we were doing we were meeting there to pray uh, on a regular basis nobody was preaching nobody was doing nothing we were just praying and and uh my pastor at the time, he said to me, Dwayne, I just felt like God said that we should put a banner up in this room just to give God glory. And I was like, let's do it. Like, that's me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we put this banner up. We, were, we put this banner up and the landlord contacted us. They were like, you're not allowed to have anything in the window. Please don't put posters or anything like that in the windows. Now, if you've, ever drove, if you've ever driven through Yellow Springs, people will literally have uh, things hanging in their window as curtains, right? You know, Bob Marley, you know what I'm saying? Like, picture of Bob Marley in the window. Um, of course, there's the flag that's in the window. And, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, if you say so, you know what I mean? So we... So you see where the speaker is, right? If you take the speaker back just about a foot, it would be away from the window, not, <laughs> not in the window. <laughs> this, is, this is who I am. <laughs> okay, so I brought the, we bought it just a foot away from the window, and it just so happens that just like this light right here, just imagine that light was turned toward the window and that flag was a foot away from it. So the light, we didn't touch the light, the light beamed right on the flag or on the, on the thing. It wasn't a poster, it was, it was a, a, dang, I forget what, a banner. So it was a banner and it was like, Lord of Lord, King of Kings or something like that. Or it was, it was one of those old school ones. And we left it there, and man, oh man, oh man, the U.S. Bank contacted us, the landlord contacted us, they threatened to put us out, 
Um, we got notices that we needed to, you know, change that and fix it. And we were like, you know, we haven't done anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, we are, we mind the rules. We've not done anything wrong. And then New Year's Eve came. New Year's Eve came. And, uh, <laughs> and they take a picture of the ball drop, which is right there in the center of town, right over, or right, I think it's right over U.S. Bank, right? So they took a picture of the ball drop, and there was our window <laughs> with our banner in the Yellow Springs newspaper. <laughs> I was like, let's go, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, there it is, plain as day, our window, our banner, with the ball drop right there. And I was like, man, God is good, okay? So we continue on, um, and I'm, I'm skipping through some things. We wanted to be in Antioch College when we met for the first time. Um, we couldn't make that happen, so we ended up in the Little Theater. That was almost impossible, but we were there. We had two meetings at the Little Theater, and then they had a reason why we couldn't be there anymore. We paid money, we rented it, you know what I mean? We filled it up. Everything was good. But they were like, sorry, we just can't do it. And I was like, not a problem. It's okay. Like, you know, maybe maybe the, uh, maybe the we can get into Antioch now. So I called Antioch again. Couldn't get a response. No, no, no response whatsoever. And we ended up meeting somebody who got us into Antioch College, right, which is right, university. Antioch College is where we were trying to get into. The university is where we ended up at. And this lady who sat at the front desk who worked with us, she was a Christian. She was like, oh, she was like, I'm surprised that you didn't have more of an issue kind of finding your way into Yellow Springs. And I was like, nah, it wasn't a problem at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, here we are. Praise Jesus. So we're in there and we're meeting. Everything's going good. And then we got a phone call. And it was like, the college is closing its doors on these days. And I was like, all right. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I don't even know why. I guess they're trying to cut back on electrical expenses. I'm not really sure, but we, we, we got to close our doors so you won't be able to meet here. And I was like, all right, not a problem. I was like, man, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. She was like, I've got some connections over at the college. Maybe I can get you in. I was like, no. I was like, that's where we've been trying to get into since we got here. And nobody's ever returned our call there. And she was like, I know somebody. Don't worry. I'll get you in. Week later, she called me back. She was like, if you go and have a meeting with them, she was like, I think they're ready to take you in. And I was like, okay. So we went and had a meeting, and we were like, well, what do we got to do? And the lady was like, well, she said you were paying X amount there, and the only thing she offered you guys was coffee. She was like, I can't offer you coffee, but you can have the, the space for the same price. And I was like, so you got two rooms for us? And she was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and that's it? And she was like, yeah. I was like, all right. So there we were in Antioch College, where I wanted to be originally. And um, two spaces, everything was going good. And then we got a call. It was the lady who we had worked with over at Antioch College. She said, hey, Dwayne. She said, um, you guys have been great. We've not had any issues with you, but we've just received a phone call that you guys were uh, saying things that went against our our uh, uh, establishment here at the college. And I was like, 
like what? We've not said anything. You know what I mean? I preached, I preached the gospel. You know what I'm saying? And she was like, well, they said that you guys were specifically saying that, you know, you were against homosexuality and you were against, you know, just, just a few other things. And, and I was like, nope. I was like, I've, I've never even said anything like that. You know what I'm saying? I was like, never preached it, never said anything. You know, I was like, uh, we've not even had any guests. So I don't know who could have told you that. And she was like, well, listen, she was like, I don't like whatever you preach is whatever you preach. But she said, I just, I need it not to specifically go against what the college believes or we can't have you here. And I was like, I understand. And I said, can you tell me like where this came from? And she said, uh, well, she's like, I'm, I'm just gonna be honest. Uh, it, you know, it's people, people that, we, that work here who have heard it. And I'm like, man, I was like, that's crazy. No, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, scratch that, I jumped ahead. She said, no, she was like, actually, it was a church. It was a church in, in town. The pastor there said that he had heard that you were doing this. And I'm like, man. So, pause. There's a church that sits right behind the U.S. Bank. If you ever drove through Yellow Springs, big, giant church that sits right behind Yellow Spring, uh, right behind U.S. Bank. Now, the pastor's no longer there, so I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just telling you the story. The person's not there anymore, but he had called, he heard about us from us being in the U.S. Bank, <laughs> heard we had got there, and had called there and started telling people that we were doing things wrong. I know, right? Crazy. So I was like, hey, look, can you address me with him in the email? And she did that. And I, I sent something out as well back and responded. And it was like, I would love to meet with this person. I would love to sit down and talk with them just to find out where this is coming from, why another church would come against us. It didn't make any sense. The guy was like, I don't want to meet with you. I, I don't have time for that. You know, you shouldn't come in here. Who do you think you are? On your website, it says that you guys want to come in and have a seat at the table. You just want to bring Jesus. Okay? As if we haven't already been here. There's other churches here. Why would you say that? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know. That's what we want to do. If you're doing that, great. But that's what we're doing. You know? I like, I, I drive through the town. I see Jesus nowhere. I'm just saying. Like, I'm not saying he's not here. I just don't see it. <laughs> right? I see Bob Marley. I see a lot of other things. I want people to see Jesus. And so we would do things like have uh, worship. We would have like worship on the corner. You know, you ever heard of busking? Busking is a big thing in Yellow Springs. You go through there, you have somebody standing on the corner playing an instrument or whatever. Why not me, All right? So we set up and we're sitting there at the beatbox and tambourines, you know what I mean? Little shakers and we're just singing our little hearts out, you know, right next to the old cavern. Love it. I wouldn't even tell, somebody actually came out of their store and was like, you need to move. No, we don't. <laughs> like, why do y'all keep trying to put us out of here? So <clears throat> we end up in the theater. It sits right on Quarry Street. We have the whole building to ourselves. 
on a Sunday morning, every Sunday. Same price we paid for the two rooms that we started in in the university. We got a whole building, restrooms, everything set up, lights. I mean, lights, everything. We went from a classroom to a building that had lights, sound system. Listen, I got this little screen here. I'm not used to this. I'm used to having a whole wall. Like, it was, it was a curtain that went the whole length from there to there. And, and it, you know, the things shine on there. And that's what I preached in front of. And I was like, shoot, all these people paying for these digital boards. <laughs> I was like, I got the same thing, which I won't. You know what I'm saying? But here's the point. Here's, I'm getting somewhere. Because you remember I told you they said somebody was coming after us. So here we are. We're a year in. Everything is going wonderful. And then COVID happens. And the college is like, we're sorry. We have to close our doors. And I'm like, I'll be doggone. Lord, what is going on? I'm saying this to say, if you believe that there is a God that is bigger than anything else, I understand that you may go through some trials and you may go through some situations and it may seem like the world is imploding on you. But his word says, if he be for you, who or what can be against you? There is nothing. So therefore, you operate differently. You think differently. To some people, it seems like you don't care about anything. It's not that you don't care about anything, but you know you have no control over most things. So therefore, you put your faith and all that there is in his hands and you trust him to take care of it. I'm speaking to somebody specific right now because this just hit my mind this morning. And they'll, they'll know who it is. But I was recently told, you know, that the enemy is coming against me very specifically. Right? And it's like, the enemy has put things in your midst that is working against you. You name it, witchcraft, whatever. You know, and I was like, for a split second, I was like, man, Lord, if, if there's something specifically coming against me, and when I say me, understand this. In this instance, when the person's talking to me, they're talking about the church, right? Me and the church. And I was like, I was like, man, Lord, why would you let that happen? You know, and I started getting nervous and I'm thinking like, well, who and what and all this different stuff like that. And God was like, Dwayne, there's been something coming against you since day one. That ain't never bothered you before. Why does it bother you now? And I was like, you know what, Jesus, it don't. It don't bother me one bit. It don't feel good, but it don't bother me one bit. Because if he, <laughs> if he be for me, then who is against him? Um, you know, who, what does it matter? I don't care. Bottom line, I pray that you guys will hear what I say, and I pray that you would take this on for yourself. Be it witchcraft, an individual, an organization, Whoever it be, spiritual, 
physical, human, demon, whatever it is that you may believe in. If you, if you trust God and you put your life in his hands and you really believe that he's working for you, don't ever be afraid of anything else that might come against you. It may be hard. It may be tough. You may feel like you're, that you, you climbing and clawing uphill, but the truth is you're not even climbing and clawing as much as you think you are. You ever seen a baby trying to get up onto a couch and mom and dad just come by and just lightly, oh, and they like, ah, I did it. <laughs> you know, they didn't feel that little bump in the, in the diaper that just like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you think you working hard, you think you're working hard, but you ain't working nearly as hard as you think you are. And that's what I believe. I believe I'm not working nearly as hard as I probably should be. It don't feel good. But if God be for me, then what in this world could come against me? Amen? Amen. Come on. That's good. That's what I got this morning. I just thought I would share. Because he's just that good. He's like, I know you're about to go out there and preach, but I just need to encourage you this morning. And I was like, well, thank you, Jesus. I appreciate that. I'm going to share it with the people. All right, I'm going to be quick before you this morning. You've already gotten one sermon. Here's, here's another. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a BOGO this morning. <laughs> Y'all getting a bonus here. <laughs> All right. So we are still in the series. The Bible study series, Our Weapon as a Tool of Precision. Come on. Ah, God is good. Amen. Amen. So we've been, I've been hitting on somewhat of a, there's been a theme throughout my last few messages. And some people may think, man, pastor, like these are rough. Like why, why so harsh? Why so ugly? Um, I didn't, I did not write the Bible. <laughs> um, but I promise, I promise if you, if you are willing to read the harsh and the ugly parts, as well as the parts that you are comfortable with, you will find much more wisdom, uh, just imparted into your life than if you just choose to read the things that make you feel good. Uh, because our life doesn't always feel good. Sometimes we have prayers and we have questions to the things uh, that go on in our lives. And, and we are so focused on one area that we forget. It's not even, it's not even that we forget all the time. It's just we, we want to focus on that one area. <laughs> That's the area we want to focus on. But there's other things at play. And sometimes... I, I just heard somebody say this. I don't even know who it was. Was that Alan? I think that was Alan Arnold. <laughs> he, he, made, he made reference to the butterfly effect. Um, anybody here know what the butterfly effect is? Uh, it's, I, I don't even know if I have it completely right, but it was like, you know, butterfly flaps his wings, one place on the other side of the world that little fluff of air turned into a monsoon and can like destroy something. Is that the way it goes? Is that not right? 
Is that, I don't know. But that was, that was kind of it. It was like, you know, flip, that little flip of air turns into a gust of wind, turns into a tornado, turns into a, and like, you know, tsunami, which destroys a whole area. And it's like, what? Um, these, this, is, this is our life sometimes, you know? I give a nudge, and little did I know, watch this, this actually happened one time up here. I don't know, yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. I went, I just, I gave this a little nudge, and I turned it just the right way that the apparatus on the back, which hinges it in, um, it turned just enough that it could slide down, right? It was this way, it was okay. But when it turned this way, it slid down and came off. And I was like, ur, 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 you know what I'm saying? But it was just a little nudge, and I had no idea that because I had turned it a certain way another day, I had set it up to fall just by slightly turning it. And so that slight turn or that slight step to the left or the right in our life can turn into a drastic deal. Which leads me to the scripture in Acts chapter 5, where it speaks of Ananias and Sapphira. If you don't know these people, they are more than just cool names. Uh, it is a husband and a wife. It is a couple. And before I get into all of that, you know that over the last few weeks, I've spoken to you about the Israelites. I've spoken to you about um, what they've done, how they've lived life, the steps that they took. Um, we are going to be in Acts, so you can prep by getting there if you would like. It's the New Living Translation. But we've talked about the Israelites, and maybe, just maybe, we have harshly judged the Israelites, right? I called them stupid a few times. <laughs> I'm like, these people are just dumb. And maybe, maybe we've judged them just a little harshly. And, and then God showed me that it was not just them. Because if we look at some of the not-so-early Christians, right, they, like, they would be like the super early, like the beginning Christians. And then you've got the, what we always call the early Christians, which is Jesus' time, right? And then we are the now Christians. So we've looked at the super early Christians, the beginning people who believed in God. They weren't Christians because Christ had not yet come, but they were believers in the God of, the, the God of Jacob. We move forward and we look at the early Christians. And you, I think we all assume that they have done better, right? Peter, John, Matthew, Theolopolis. <laughs> I just said that wrong. <laughs> Theophilus, however you say his name. That is not where I got my son's name at, by the way. <laughs> actually, actually it is. It is, but I didn't personally get it there. Somebody else did, and they gave it to me. And I was like, I don't like that. So we went with Theo. <laughs> Anywho, here we are, and we're in Acts. We are, now, we are now talking about the early Christians, people. We're talking about the people who some either witnessed Jesus himself or 
was talking to somebody who did witness Jesus himself. We're not even talking about a people who never seen Jesus, who never seen God, who like, we're not talking about the Old Testament anymore. We are in the New Testament. We're in the New Testament. I, I can't, this is important. Here we are, we're in the New Testament. Because we give such emphasis to the people in the New Testament. How, you know, we love their stories. You know, like they got it wrong, but they were with Jesus. So they were able to get it right. We give them grace because they got it wrong, but they were with Jesus. So it's okay. Here we are. Acts chapter 4. Now, let me, let me set this up for you. Acts chapter 1 is when the Spirit of God falls. Okay? They're all in one place in the upper room. And the fire falls. Speaking in tongues, all the crazy willy-nilly stuff. People think they're drunk. I know. I'm just, that's, I'm just saying that's typically, right? People look at it like, what? And so they think they're drunk. 3,000, 5,000, a whole bunch of people get saved, okay? And they're like, this is great. This is amazing. The Romans are like, this is too much. Get these people. So Peter and John are detained. They're captured. And they're like, you're not going to be walking around preaching this stuff. We can't have it. Peter and John, you know, they're like, well, we're not going to stop. They're questioned. They're ridiculed. But they know they've done nothing wrong except for preach the gospel. They're, they're detained. Arrested. For doing nothing but preaching the gospel. This is serious. Everybody's seeing this. Do you, you follow me? The picture I'm painting here is that these men are simply preaching and everybody can see that they are now detained. So what they're doing is a big deal. It maybe within their groups, within their home churches, is realized that this is important. Does that make sense? If I go out right now and I begin to preach the word of God on that corner and the police come by and arrest me, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Maybe. Like, man. Like, like God must have had a, he had a purpose and an enemy did not want that to happen. Maybe. Maybe. Mm. Or, I don't know. That's my thought. Like, I'm just simply doing God's work and then something happens that just disrupts that. My first thought is enemy did not want this to go down. <clears throat> so it's important. It's God's work. If you're doing God's work is what I'm saying. I don't want, to, I don't want you to read in it to any other way. They are preaching the word of God. They get taken. They get detained. They're put in jail. So the people understood that this was serious. 
they grabbed a hold of, of the gospel that much more. This is the picture that I have. They seen this and they said, man, let's rally. Let's rally even the more. Let's grab a hold of this message of Jesus Christ even the more. Let's lean into this even the more. The people were inspired by God. They were inspired of God. They reaffirmed and affirmed, confirmed all that had happened. They knew from the Old Testament all that had happened. They seen Jesus Christ and now they, they are in. They are all in. They have become a fellowship. If you look in the Bible, it says that they came together and they begin to like share stuff, take care of one another. This is a whole nother level. I'm not going to go into that because somebody might think I'm trying to start something crazy. I'm not. I, I would love to sit down and really have a discussion about that. But it, it is a very risky place to go in the day and age we live in. But I do find it quite interesting that these people, they came together and they begin to resource and source from one another. Their gifts, their talents, their goods, the things they made. And they... And it says, it says that they continue to grow. That's a whole nother message. In Acts chapter four, verse 32 through 37, I want to read this to you. It says, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that, that what they owned was not their own. Listen to that. I'm not preaching on this, but I need you to understand where they were as a people. This is the new church. It's no longer the Old Testament. We are talking about the New Testament. So they shared everything they owned, that they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them. Because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. Now, is that? he sowed a field he owned and brought, sorry, he sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. So this man comes from a place, he sells his stuff, and he gives it. He joins the fellowship. Again, I know today, weird, odd. But then it was, it was definitely working. There's got to be something to it, but we can't explore it right now uh, because we just need more of Jesus. So, <laughs> at least I do. Um, so is everybody with me where these people were? You have a very good picture. This is all scripture, I'm, I'm telling you. If we were studying the Bible out, we would have did a lot more reading, right? And, and mind you, that is, the whole, that is the whole part of 
this whole series as a, it's studying the Bible and what you can get from it. Like all of this reading that you're doing, as you read, the story comes together. It comes together. Okay. And it makes complete and absolute sense. But this week, I am specifically talking to you about how, or I'm showing you how the word of God in our lives personally, but then actually in person, in person, hear me, the word will begin to slice and cut things out of your life. Hear me. It will begin to remove things out of your life that are not like him, that are not going to be profitable to you. And while you think this is the enemy, it's, it's God setting you up, fixing things, making things right. But it doesn't always feel good. And sometimes we want to buck and move and you know what I'm saying? And it's like, just let it, just lean into it, lean into it and let it happen and look for God in it. Look for God in it because that's where the stability comes from. Here we are in Acts chapter five. So go ahead and what we're going to do is I want you to just give me the scripture and, and we're going to read through it. Is that okay? So at chapter five, verse one, where are we at? Oh, is this it? Okay, here we are. But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount, Paul's. That's important. What's, what, do we, what do we already know? They're not the first ones to do this. This is commonplace now. They're not special. For those of you who might have been like, oh, man, they got it. They weren't special. This was commonplace. People were doing it everywhere. But what's significant is that they sold the property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. This is good. This is very important. Okay. He sold the property. Him and his wife, they're like, babe, I mean, I know that everybody's been, you know, they sell it and they give it, you know, for everybody. But I mean, do we, do we really need to do that? Do we? And she's like, I don't, I don't think so. Right. Or maybe she was like, you know, he's like, we're about to go give this money. And she's like, babe, you know, she does the puts the hand on the shoulder as he's walking, you know, and you're like, huh? You know, <laughs> yeah, see, that, that's <laughs> Johnson. That's what I like it. <laughs> I call I call that that the Adam and Eve effect. <laughs> the point is this. <laughs> My wife gave me a look just now. The point is this. <laughs> Holly, did you just put your hand on, on his back? What, what was that? She gave him the shoulder just now. Why did you do that? No, I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> See, it's the rub on the back. Every man knows it. <laughs> it's like, it's, you freeze. It's like, it either feels really great or you've done something wrong. You're like, ah, or you're like, 
Okay, let me stop. Let me stop. That's a whole nother, that's a marriage conference. We'll do that one day. <laughs> but here we are. They're about to do this. And for whatever reason, who, whoever is the person to, to in, you know, influence it, they decide not to give it all and to keep some of it. Now, first time I read this, I was thinking to myself, that's not so bad, is it? Like, they just, it wasn't a rule. There, there wasn't a rule, was there? That, every, you know, you had to give it all? Like, I don't, I don't know. Can I, I'm just, I'm being honest, right? I'm being transparent here. I just didn't see the problem. Let's continue to read. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Whoa, Peter, calm down. What the, what? You feel me? I mean, <laughs> come on, listen, people, listen to me. This, I don't just laugh here, here. Okay, I'm gonna put it now. Is that okay? Can I put it now? See, I don't want to put it now because then it puts me on the spot. But Peter, <laughs> I don't, Peter's the preacher, right? Now, I'm just, I'm just painting a picture here. We don't have this issue. You know what I'm saying? Here at this church, we do everything right. Everything's perfect, okay? <laughs> what? That smile was way too big. She's, she's straight up laughing back there. <laughs> this church is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the preacher goes to the guy and he says why have you let Satan fill your heart you know what kind of crazy look I would get if I said that to somebody you know Ben if you did something that seemed sideways and I was like man you didn't just let Satan fill your heart Ben might punch me in the face <laughs> Who are you to tell me Satan's in my heart? Oh! <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there like, well, wait a second. <laughs> okay, I got to stop. <laughs> but are you with me, though? Is this real? I'm just, I want us to understand what this looks like, what it really looks like. Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit. And you kept some of the money for yourself. Pause again. Goodness. Goodness. How did Peter know in the first place? Spirit of God told him. The Spirit of God let him know. The Word of God hit Peter right in the chest. Let him know something wasn't right. Specifically told him something wasn't right. Because if not, if not, his wife told him. <laughs> you know uh, excuse me, Peter, I had nothing to do with it. Ananias decided to keep some of that money. I don't care what he told you. I didn't do it. He did it. It was him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, no, I don't think that's the way it went. I think it would have said that. Peter knew and he addresses him. You lied to the Holy Spirit. You didn't lie to me. This is not my problem. This is not my issue. I'm not angry with you. You've lied to the Holy Spirit. 
and you kept some money, you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell. You didn't even have to do this. You did it. As you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give or not give. Again, it was up to you. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Let's come back to now. Somebody comes in. They're like, Pastor Dwayne, God told me to give you this. I'm like, oh, man, this is a blessing. God's like, "Mm mm-mm, I didn't tell them to give you that. I told them to give you more. (laughs) Man, why'd you lie? The devil is all over you. I didn't ask you for that. You gave that. That's yours. You made it. You earned it. You didn't have to bring it in here, but you chose to, and you just lied to God. He drops dead right there. Now, what does the church do? It says, everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. The reason I'm taking a moment here is because this is very reminiscent of what happened in the Old Testament. Right? The people, they, they are disobedient. They do some, they, they're disobedient to God. And then they, one person hid and lied, lied and hid his stuff. The other people were just out and out open with it, like, you're horrible. Who are you? Even though they're the, they're the person, you know. And here's, here's the thing that's really important. It's not these people, the people who are doing the wrong, they're, 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 they're coming against not... Moses and Aaron, they're, they're coming against not their fellow army, you know, from the last story. And they're not coming against Peter and the fellowship. They are com- they're being disobedient. They're coming against God. Somebody drops dead. There's going to be some people in the midst who are going to be like, why do I want to serve a God like this? I said to you a couple days ago, you're asking the wrong question. Why would you not? What confidence does that bring? What confidence does that bring? To me, great confidence. Oh, God, you're taking that well care of me. You're taking so good care of me that I don't need to be concerned if somebody lies to me. You're going to take care of it. 
I'm not wishing that anybody would be have to drop dead by no means. That is, as a matter of fact, see, I just, I felt like right in that moment, just now when I said that, I felt God. I really did. Because here's the deal. And I'm grateful for that. Thank you, Jesus. I'm growing. Because a few weeks ago, I was like, I'd have been like, man, kill him. You know what I'm saying? But just now, I'm growing. <laughs> I'm growing because just now, <laughs> I can't even go into that. That's great. <laughs> The things you see when you're up here. Listen, okay. Just now, I thought to myself, Lord, I don't want them to die. Like, I don't, I don't want people to suffer. Especially if I'm not angry, right? Peter's probably like, ah, oh, shoot. Call his wife in. <laughs> like, dang. Let's continue in the scripture. About three hours later, his wife came in. Oh, dang. Because of the way that reads, I feel like they didn't even call her in. Does that, do you agree? I don't think they called her in. I think she showed up. Um, excuse me. I haven't seen Ananias for a moment. Have you seen him? <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. Peter said... Uh, about that. Hold on one second. I just got a question for you. Was this price you and your husband received for your land? Was, like, was this correct? Yes, she replied. That was it. Uh, and Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The, men, the young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. <laughs> I, I know, right? Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what happened came and gave all the money that they had. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on, I would have, I'd have like, babe, listen, I just want to be sure. I'm not sure. Let's be sure, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Let's continue. The apostles were performing many miracles, signs, and wonders among the people, and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's uh Colonnade? Yes. Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard of them. Yet more and more people believed and were bought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. So Paul's right there. I want to look at that real quick. <clears throat> um, I need to go back because the primary part that we're talking about here is uh, Ananias and Sapphira. <clears throat> Here's the deal. I know that this, this story has to talk about giving. That is not the focus. What is the focus is this. It is up to each and every one of us 
Well, it is the focus. Let me say it this, um, but it's from this standpoint, because I was about to say, it's up to each and every one of us what we give of ourselves, right? That's the primary thing. I mean, it's, it's all over, all over, but hear what I am saying. People are like, we don't have choice. We don't, we don't have free, free will, but we do. We do have free will, right? Let me ask you a question, and this is going to be a rough one. And I want you to think about this before you answer, seriously. Is there anybody here that would have preferred not to have been born? Okay. And I know, I know you're like, oh, why would I raise my hand to that? But if you ever had the thought to yourself, I don't even want to be here. Pause. Let's think about that. So you never wanted to feel the warm embrace of your mother. You never wanted to be comforted. You never wanted some of the great experiences that you've had in your life. To see a blue sky, a cloudy day, to feel the warmth of the sun hit your face. You never wanted these beautiful things. You never wanted to cry with somebody who you knew loved you. You know, these, though they're strong and emotional and feelings, and you're telling me you never wanted that, none of that. No, that's not true. That's the enemy. Because what he does is he gets us so focused on one thing that we forget every good thing that has come out of the situation, the moment that God placed us in. God has given us great things and we so quickly forget them. And we say, why would you do so many bad things? And he's like, Dwayne, you've been here for 43 years. The equivalent of the bad in your life probably exists of about five. Five complete years of bad that's been spread throughout 43 and you just didn't want to be here. And I did so bad. Now, of course, God's not thinking that way. He's not talking that way because he loves us. And he says to you, it's okay. Hey, you remember that time? And you go, oh, I do remember that time. And the bad is gone just that quick, right? And he takes you down this wonderful trail of beauty and bliss that he's given, if you allow him to. But here's the thing. The enemy gets us trapped. He gets us trapped by lies. Lies, lies, and more lies. It doesn't say this in the scripture, it does not say this in the scripture, but I feel like the, I feel like the picture's painted very well. Ananias and Sapphira, they sell their property because they want to be a part of everything that's going on. We're excited. This is awesome. The fellowship, the, the camaraderie, the people coming to Jesus Christ, this is all so beautiful and we want to be a part of it. But what if these people all fail? Let's just keep a little bit back 
just in case. Why? Why would they have that thought? Why would they do that? Why would they keep back just a little bit? This is not in the Bible. Well, that's the fact. Fact, period. They don't trust God, but we don't always want to take the blame. And me as a good pastor was about to give you a way out. <laughs> it was the devil. <laughs> he did it, right? No. And, but the truth is nobody ever wants to be told that, you know what? You, like the Israelites and a few other people in the Bible, we're just, we're just we're a little dumb. You know, we're silly. We just, we just don't trust God. We don't believe. Guess what? You may not know this, but non-belief is the biggest sin of them all. I know you've heard the scripture and people have quoted that blasphemy is, is the end all to end all. But the only way a person would blaspheme on that level is because they don't believe. So non-belief is the biggest sin of them all. If you don't believe. So imagine this. We talk about a God that would do such horrible things. Why would he allow these bad things to happen? Everything God has created and made has been good. It is us and us alone that have contaminated everything. Good relationships, food, water, you name it, we're the ones that have contaminated it. It's us. So when it goes bad, it's on us. So how do we always manage to blame the devil? I'm not just giving you a break here. It's the truth. It's a fact. It's not a way out. It's not a loophole. It's just a simple fact. He's a liar, right? And he spreads his lies. His lies infect us, right? They contaminate us even more than we already are, we buy them and we run. Why? Let me paint a picture for you. Our desire, I think I've preached this before, our desire to be healthy. The devil says, in order for you to be healthy, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Is that true? Everything in the Bible is real and it's true. Yes? I was about to say, please say yes. I don't want nobody dropping dead today. <laughs> so if Daniel eats nothing but vegetables and it says he's more healthy than anybody, then eating vegetables must be good. I'm not telling you have to become a vegan or a vegetarian or whatever. I'm not telling you that. But the fact of the matter is, 
you are going to be very healthy if you only eat vegetables. Why? Because the Bible says so. It's really kind of that simple. Well, here, herein lies the problem. We as human beings, we're like, we need to make the vegetables good. Plump. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do that. We got, we got this. Spray, spray, squirt, squirt. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, and I mean, we could go down this a thousand times over, right? That's not why I'm here. What I'm trying to convince you of, see, watch this. We could have very well been looking at the wrong thing. We could have went down a whole trail of wrong stuff. Stuff that is not important. What I want you to understand is that the word of God is true and, and real. And if we listen to it, we're going to be good. And if we will manage to not add anything to it and take it for what it says, we will be even better. But what we do is we contaminate it. We contaminate it with our thoughts of whatever. That's why when I preach, I'm like, read the word of God. Right? I want, I want it up here. I want it in your hand. I want you to go back. I want you to check me. I want you to look. Question me, if you will. I, I don't even care. Does it feel good? No, it doesn't. But I'd rather be questioned by you than hammered by the Lord. You feel me? Like, oh, I did something wrong? I am so sorry. I apologize. You see that? I apologize. I told him I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please, I don't want to drop dead, you know? Like, it's, listen, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is, is the beginning of wisdom. <laughs> I'd say so, <laughs> right? Like, in this scripture, the one we just passed, it said, it said that other people heard about what they were doing. They thought it was great but they didn't want to be there. What does that mean? Go. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard of them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. What is that saying? We're, we're doing a Bible study here. What is that saying? That is saying, how often, how often is there, is there people, are there people who are, who are really, truly living for God? They are really, truly living for God. We regard them. Oh, man, look at the way they live. Look at the way they do what they do. They are blessed. Their family is blessed. The wife is blessed. But I don't want to do what they do. It looks too difficult. I love Jesus, though. I'm going to go and live for the Lord, just not like them. It does. 
I know it didn't say that, but does it say that? I'm asking you. I'm, I'm truly asking you. Does it say that? Go back one verse. I mean, one, one page. 12. The apostles were performing many miracles, signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. Pause. Wait, don't change. Don't change. All of this is going good. This is a Bible study. This is the word of God. Right now, right now, we are allowing the word to get inside of us and do some cutting away. Because there are some ideas, some, some precepts and some thoughts that are going on in each and every one of our minds as we live life. And they are very similar to this. The apostles were performing miracles. Things were going good. God was moving. The spirit of God is just moving amongst these people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the church in the area. Go to the next one. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard of them. Anybody else hear anything? differently than what, what I was thinking? Any thoughts? Seriously, this is a Bible study. In this moment right now, I would love to hear any thoughts. There's no wrong answer. I promise. I know I'm usually preaching at you, but I seriously, yes. So they had a higher calling. They had a higher standard because they had a higher calling. And a lot of people don't want to try to do that because it's not easy. Okay. Okay. That's that is that that is I I agree. That's a good that's a good thought. So these so these ones who were like they're just they're living here. So I need you to know though, and this is not a wrong answer, but you've now separated them from there's now there's a separation between the two people, and I I know that's true. But I know sometimes people don't like that. And we're having a Bible study, so I'm just like, what do you see here? That, I hadn't thought about that. I just want to say I hadn't thought about that, but, you know. But then it does say, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. I want you to ponder this. I want you to think about this. I want you to go back and read it again. Read it in a different version. It's, I'm, I'm done, but I just want to say, when you study the Bible out, when you read through it and you really allow it to get inside of your person and begin to work in you, you will be astonished at what, what, is begin, what begins to be revealed to you. And then right when you think you've got what you needed, something else will pop up. I know you're like, Pastor Dwayne, I can't keep going at this point. I've, I've been here for an hour and a half because it was so good, but I have to go do something else. That's when I would say, put a bookmarker in your Bible right at this spot and come back and read it later instead of going to watch the television show.
Seriously. And I, I'm, I'm guilty. I am guilty as charged. But imagine with me, will you please? Imagine what we can be free of. Imagine the change in our lives. Imagine if we got so full of his word. I mean, who knows? One of us might tell somebody to get up from the dead and they might get up. Now you're like, oh, Pastor Dwayne, here you go. Don't be one of those people. <laughs> I mean, it's okay, right? Like, I, I signed off on it too. I'm like, Lord, I just don't know if I'm ready for that. You know? Because that seems like that takes a lot. And Peter and them guys, they got hung upside down and died. Paul was in jail for half his life. I just don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm being this guy, right? I'm being that guy. Also, though, realize and recognize the word of God. We learned about the story of Ananias and Sapphira. We seen again a third time in the Old Testament and now in the New Testament where people were disobedient to God. Nobody knows your disobedience. Nobody knows your situation. Nobody knows how you are responding to life except for you, truly. And that's why in some situations in life, when things go bad, when things are ugly, please, please be honest for the sake of those around you. Just be honest. This is not the devil no, God is not mean. I made bad choices and now I'm dealing with the consequences. Or somebody else made bad choices and I'm dealing with the consequences. Do you know how many people out there deal with consequences of other people around them? I'm saying that because over the last three weeks, I have told you three different stories. A whole family died because their dad was an idiot. The animals got taken out because the man was an idiot. It had nothing to do, like, yes, it did have to do with God. God did take everybody out because the man was an idiot. Let's not blame God. In fact, blaming somebody, that's, that's, that's the equivalent of the wrong question. You're making a choice to focus on one thing when your focus should be, man, what is God doing? What does God want to do? And how am I going to be used in that situation? Because if you go down the trail of who did it, why they do it, some of you young people, I hope you hear what I'm saying. Last week, you guys weren't in here, and I made a very important statement. I said that the enemy convinces us to ask the wrong question. We 
We have to trust God. We have to believe that he is in control and he is working on our behalf. And if we don't see it, we still got to trust him. If we don't, we will end up buying a lie. And that lie will lead us who knows where. All right? So I just want to pray with everyone. If you ever have any questions about anything that I've said, please, I'm always here for a good hour after church, <laughs> at least. I don't mind chatting with you. Um, you have the comment cards. You can comment and send them in, and I'll try to get to them and talk to you. And I'm just saying that because this Bible study series, it could bring up a lot of questions. I would hope that you would get in your Bible and, and search out those answers for yourself. But I am, more than, I am more than happy to come alongside you and help you find those answers. All right? Let's go ahead and bow our heads. I'd be remiss if I didn't at least ask if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice who, <clears throat> who does not know Christ as your Lord and Savior. I would love to pray with you right now. It's not something that has to happen. I don't have to pray with you to accept Jesus Christ. But sometimes it's comforting to have someone there with you. I'm going to ask a couple of our prayer people if you would come up. If there's anybody in here that needs prayer for anything, anything specific at all, and you would like to come to the altar for prayer, we have some people up here who are waiting to pray with you, for you. Other than that, I'm going to pray. Lord God, I just come into you right now, and I thank you and I praise you, Father, for your word. I thank you, God, that you saw fit to take the stories throughout history and put them in a place and in a way where we could take and learn from them, take the wisdom from them that we can learn your character. We can see your love. We can see your anger. We can see, Lord God, your power displayed. We can see, Lord God, your wisdom your knowledge, your beauty. We can have answers to our questions, our simple, simple questions. Lord God, I just pray right now that your people, that you would inspire your people, that you would light a fire in their belly, Lord God, that would not allow them to rest, that would make them uneasy, that they would know that your word is just waiting for them, calling to them, yearning, Lord God, for them to come and partake. God, I pray that they would realize that it is, it is bread. It is better than any food that they will ever eat. It is more nourishing. It is life-giving. Lord God, I pray that they would know this. They would hunger after it. Speak to them, minister to them, Lord God, as they open your word, that they, would, that they would just know new things, that they would come to new knowledge. 
Wisdom would be greater in their minds. Maturity. I speak in the name of Jesus. All of these things would be theirs. Lord, have your way in their lives, I pray. Each and every one of us, as we go on this day, keep us from any hurt, harm, or danger, and allow us to enjoy the blessings that you have placed in our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for coming. We will see you next week.